0: Did you know that you can be certified to be a husband? We'll find out what that's all about on this edition of Frank Relationships.
1: You're listening to Frank Relationships with Frank Love. Frank Love.
2: Frank Love. Frank
1: Love. Frank Love.
3: love. love.
0: Yes, as always, those are my babies. Thanks for getting daddy started today. Mwah. Author Ro-Ellery Gragenoir is with us today, and I'm curious, why is lasting love based on the man leading?
1: Well, um, basically, it is proven to be a man's instinct to be able to love
0: his wife the more that he's capable of taking care of her nice there's nothing I you uh, know, uh, thank you rose the I show have, is over <laughs> 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 frank is has no, been no, shut down <laughs> there is nothing about what she just said that i could argue See I, I mean wow. <laughs> jeff says nothing <laughs> i <profound>. got nothing <laughs> that is really that nails it i know yeah. that the more that i feel like i can do for my wife and the more she appreciates it the more i'm going to do wow
4: period wow.
1: and the more you're capable of doing yeah
0: and the more i'm capable it of it you. is empowering absolutely
4: is it a responsibility yeah. is it a duty
1: well it's more also a duty for a, to a man to himself once a man is old enough and mature enough because one doesn't mean the other. Absolutely. Once a man is mature enough to have proven to himself that he can take care of his wife in certain ways, then he can transfer and focus onto her. But for a lot of women, especially in the Western part of the world, uh, we are confused about masculinity and manhood, and we assume that that younger men who haven't yet come into their own are capable of the same thing as older men, and it's just not true. So if, if we could really, like, get women to understand that age mm-hmm. makes the difference also between a boy and a man, not always, but you, it's not possible to be a man if you're 23. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a male. You can be a young man. Mm-hmm. You can be an up-and-coming man. But to be a full fully responsible masculine man who at least wants to do very well by his family and who has lower testosterone where he doesn't have to be focused on how many people he can bed, for example, Mm -hmm. Um, a man would have to be closer to, if not over the age of 35. So when we say male in our movement, when we say male, we're referring to everyone born male. But when we're referring to man, we are referring to a male who has crossed the rites of passage as an actual man.
0: That's fascinating because in in some cultures, particularly when I, and when I say some cultures, I'm being general. But when I think of the Ghanaian culture sure. where my family has roots, the you're considered a small boy until you're 40.
2: Wow. 40.
0: 40, yes.
1: Yeah, and we recommend in our movement that most women don't even deal with men until around age 35, unless they have very strict counsel from elders. They're not going to be able to um, stay committed to their family and what they need for generations.
0: Now, isn't it possible that you can be engaged with a man and just accept that he's not going to just be with one woman if he's in that particular age range that you're talking about. I I mean, it doesn't mean over 35. Are you
1: referring to the
0: younger range? Yes, where he's not matured, as you're putting it.
1: Yeah, well, we don't suggest that women date, actually, at all. (laughs) Mm. We suggest that women 25 and older date for marriage. And we suggest that they marry men who are about 10 years older than them mm-hmm. um, because being with a man younger than 35 means that you are risking um, mm-hmm. neglect and cheating and abuse while he is trying to find out who he is.
0: Mm-hmm. But, but it seems like it's neglect if you're not willing to accept it. But if you're willing to accept and in some ways, invest in this man. Then, in in his early age, that is a way of ensuring that you're, for for lack of a better way of putting it, that you're paid or that you get the investment at his early, <laughs> at his later age. You know not
2: Across necessarily. Across
1: cultures, those that those are the years for parents. Those are not the years for women to develop men. And even when men go off to college or they go off to war or they go off to um, prove their rights of passage in different ways, they are not um, needing to prove that to women. They need to prove that to themselves. Secondarily, they need to prove that to their parents, that they're able to take care of the next generation. So actually, it's not a woman's place or her um, duty to grow a man uh, into becoming him, his adult self. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, again, we stress that women age 25 should be dating for marriage. And before that, they don't need to deal with males who are becoming boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, who are becoming men. It's really important that they focus on men who are able to marry them.
0: So dating for the sake of dating Amusement, and just, yeah, it, entertainment. That, ha- that has no place in your paradigm?
1: No, it has no place. That—that That is um, something that m- males can do while they are practicing being a husband on women who are not involved in our movement. And <gasps> there will always be these women all yeah. over society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In different yeah. levels of thinking, willing to be girlfriends, playthings—you know—contrary to popular belief, the meaning of girlfriend is someone that you are having sex with,
2: but not serious about,
1: and, and not serious with, and very few men have the desire to marry a girlfriend. It's very interesting. Very few men do that. Most married men did not choose to marry their girlfriend. Now, we do have a, a lot of cases where men married girlfriends, but that wasn't their choice. And usually it happened after several years of anguish, um, pressure, uh, children, mm-hmm. and you name it. But if men were to be able to um, decide, they would not actually choose to marry their girlfriends. They would choose to marry a fresh new woman who they decided in the beginning was going to be their wife.
4: Hmm. What are women between the ages of 15 and 25 supposed to be doing with their life in terms of social interaction, entertainment, sexual gratification, etc.? Or are they not? Well,
1: that's a good question because you know, sexual, sexual gratification for women and men are completely different. We can find women of all age ranges who are not sexually active in any way and who are able to have peaceful, um, fruitful lives. So it's not even healthy lives. So it's not um, a requirement for a woman to be sexually active between the ages of 15 to 25. But for those women, we suggest that they live with their, their parents, date from home when it's time, which is around age 25. And we also just suggest that they educate themselves any type of way to, way that they see fit, which does not put them into the workforce afterwards. Okay.
0: Mm. All right. Mm. There's, there's... So a lot of
1: that involves traveling and things like that
0: there's mm-hmm. so much to, to to play with yeah here. yeah uh, what ways do you suggest that uh, a man take care of his wife in order to what what ways is it important for a man to convince himself first that he can take care of his wife that he's capable of if that made any that's sense. that's
1: very personal
2: okay so it's not just the standard provide and protect model
1: well, it, there is standard provided for tax, but it's also very personal for each man because he's going to have his own idea of what is required to take care of a life. The culture is going to have a specific idea, the nat, the nation that he lives in, you know, the, even the neighborhood that he lives in. Mm-hmm. You However, know. Um, we, at, we literally state in our movement that if a man in most parts of America is making— 2000 steady dollars a month and he has his own place a woman should be able to move in without any complaints and nurture him to be able to make more money
0: mm-hmm. okay the the nurturing component um how do you how do you nurture a woman towards being being uh being the leader of the movement that you speak of How do you nurture a woman towards being a nurturer?
1: Well, women are supposed to learn nurturing through their mothers, Mm -hmm. But so many of us have not had um, proper mothering in America for 60 years. And 60 years is a lot of generations. Absolutely. So uh, there are a lot of women who are not clear what feminine nurturing is. When I do posts and courses about feminine feminine nurturing, so many women are contacting me privately because they're embarrassed to ask public- publicly what it is. Mm-hmm. They have never heard of feminine nurturing. When I first started this um, conversation, women actually never even knew how to describe femininity. So it's obvious that they're not going to know what feminine nurturing is.
0: So femininity is
1: was already a mystery to American women two, uh, two and a half, three years ago when we started this conversation.
0: So So, what is femininity? What is it to be feminine?
1: Femininity is a um, base in nurturing, and it actually comes from a level of compassion that is needed to actually care about people that you're supposed to be taking care of. If you're taking care of people and you don't actually care about them, then your level of care is not very great. That requires compassion for you to actually actually be a very nurturing person. But the problem in the black community is that we have been physically beaten since slavery. Mm-hmm. And when you are raised being physically beaten, you become a person who is focused on defending him or herself and a person who is focused on surviving. None of those things are associated with compassion. You know, a lot of us know of or have experienced being a child and knowing that somebody else was getting a whipping and being happy that it wasn't us. And so in our culture, we lack compassion, which is needed for good feminine nurturing. We, You know, people love to say that we have grandmothers that were very good at nurturing um, and so forth and so on before her. But in honesty, honesty it's really not true. We have had several decades of mothers and grandmothers who did not receive enough love to give us love in the black American community. And what we do in our movement now is try to heal and reverse that. The main way that we do that is to give a very clear understanding of history that we're not referring to abuse in any way when we're talking about letting men lead. And also we make sure that the women start to understand what femininity really is, that it's okay to be girly. It's okay to be fun. It's okay to be vulnerable. Not only is it okay, it's attractive to be vulnerable. You know, it's attractive to be sad instead of mad, Mm -hmm. and um, when we have the chance to connect with black women um, who are from America especially, and we teach these things and they're able to practice them, a light bulb literally goes off, and people everywhere respond to her, and women say this very often, people are responding to me like I'm not a black woman, (laughs) which is deep. Mm Yeah.
2: Yeah. So as I'm listening to you, I'm hearing you refer to the African-American community in particular, and yet your message feels uh, internationally, if not universally, applicable.
1: It is. I'm a very well-traveled person. Okay. The ability for me to write the book was based on the fact that I was able to travel all around the world in order to get international perspective on on what very successful, harmonious family is like. And not one family, but generations of family. The reason that I did that, instead of focusing on researching the Black American family, is because the Black American family needed, and still we need, the perspective of global opinion and global um, behavior because what we're doing still is recycling our own ignorance. And we think that our way can be improved by repeating what we've already been doing.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Are you saying we're thinking this as a function of our Western socialization process and not ever or rarely getting outside of the bubble, the fishbowl called America long enough to realize that there might be another way to do things.
1: Western socialization, but also our movement. uh, The book is not based on black American culture. The movement that we have um, grown is based on what we need in black American culture. However, the book is based on Western, um, it is designed for Western people to be able to get the benefit of how things are done internationally. And the truth is that feminism has caused such turmoil in our minds where we can't understand what is normal for a man, what's healthy for a man, what is um, masculinity, and everything, all of those things um, referring to a woman. However, when we um, speak to women about their views, the very first thing that we usually have to get through is the fact that we're not referring to Western behavior. Western behavior is, um, it, when it comes to relationships, is very um, dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Because feminism start, started in America, but it has peaked all over the Western part of the world. And other countries that, are, that have been watching our media, they're now getting affected by feminism in the same way and are, and are now having very um, big problems in their families also. We have a huge following in South Africa and Zimbabwe, but none of the countries where people speak French and Spanish and any other um, con- uh, language that's not English, those countries are not being broken down by feminism. Feminism is transported through using English. Mm. So um, feminism has caused women to not understand almost anything about men. I think probably the decade after feminism, women could understand how men operate, what men want, um, that men are not all abusers, and things like that. But after so many generations, of women not having examples of healthy, masculine men around them, women today are almost completely clueless about the realistic nature of a man. And because of that fact, we cannot um, expect any relationships in the Western part of the world to be successful unless people get retraining that is outside of Western thinking.
0: What do you say to the white community because the the conversation kind of you led the conversation into the black community, but initially we were just talking about relationships in general. So right. what do you have any 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 conversation for the white community or even other yeah. cultures?
1: Yeah, well, it really only applies to white and black Americans, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, African Americans. They have connections to other cultures that are outside of America that are strong connections. But when it comes to black and white Americans, we are the ones whose families are crumbling. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not just black Americans. It actually is more so white Americans who are affected negatively by feminism and the fact that um, women are not allowing men to lead.
3: Hmm.
0: And the concept of women allowing men to lead, or switch it around, men leading women, can be considered mm-hmm. blasphemous. And I mean, you <laughs> in know, some circles, yeah, in some circles, in some, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's. What do you how do you address that that blasphemy? Those those women who are saying, "What are you talking about? You have got to be out of your mind." I'm the I, I'm just as much of a leader as he is, and I want 50 50 and, you know, that mm-hmm. whatever you want to take that and particular.
1: Well, their... the first thing to, that I try to explain to people is that I have not watched TV in 14 years. I don't have any information going into my head every day, telling me what to think, telling me how to feel, telling me what to perceive. And um, I have been able to come up with my own conclusions based on reality only.
2: That's Um, incredible. That's powerful. Based on reality
1: only. On reality only. When When I see men in public in reality, because I don't watch media, and I have not for 14 years, when I see men in public being emasculated verbally by westernized women, A lot of white women a lot of black women and when I see those men trying to keep their mouths closed so that they can get they can bring peace to the relationship and so that they can not shame their family in public I'm able to see reality despite what TV tries to feed to everybody else I'm able to understand that men are extremely misunderstood And that women can usually talk circles around men and are extremely verbally talented, but men are talented with using logic, with using their mind, with putting the most important things forward and not opening their mouths when it's not going to be beneficiary. And as westernized women, we need to start to understand that we have been confused about how men are, and that the confusion is used so that all of us work and don't have harmonious relationships. And when all of us work, we all pay taxes.
2: Exactly. And when we
1: all pay taxes and we all keep spending and we don't have good family units, we live separately and we spend more and more money. This is not a matter of feminism and equality because everybody with good sense who cares about the next person, agrees with equality. But what we have seen with feminism is really just a design that has been used to gain control over the larger masses. And the people who decided to implement feminism on our families have very traditional families Mm. with very traditional gender roles, and they have a lot. Of financial
0: power and success because of it. Welcome to Frank Relationships, a show for you, my brethren, who, like me, are too young to be considered old and too old to be considered young. It's also for those of you who love and support us. We're here to provide weekly wisdom, conversation, and the information that will help create loving and flexible parents and partners. I'm Frank Love, and you can find me, my blog, and my various Social media incarnations at franklove.com. If you listen to the show on Blog Talk Radio, please follow us and it via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can effortlessly get the show each week. Also, if you're enjoying the show, and of course you are, please give us a favorable iTunes rating and please share with your family and friends on your favorite social media platform. We're always looking for new social media friends, so please help us help our communities by spreading the word about the show. Greetings to my super-duper co-host, Nancy Goldring.
2: Greetings, Frank. Guess what? Hit it. So, I promised you I'd get myself a social media presence. Okay. So, some mysteriously, I ended up with an Instagram account. Uh mysteriously, because insta- I didn't. I was looking at something. Instagram pops up. I push it out of the way. Ten minutes later, I get something saying so and so is following you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, following me where? <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> following me. So, so I now have got to call the police. An Instagram account. Okay. Wait a minute. Here's the wild thing. It's Goldring Nancy R. Right. So I said, oh, my goodness, gold ring Nancy R. What am I going to do with that? So then someone tells me I can change it. Fast forward to last night, I'm talking to a a very good friend of mine who who knows me very well. And she was like, oh, you need to do it. And I said, but gold ring Nancy R. I said, you know what? Maybe I'll keep that because sometimes I get it twisted. (laughs) So I so I went with it. I put pictures on it. And uh, I created a uh, Facebook page to interface with it mm-hmm. as Gold Ring Nancy R.
0: And now you're telling our listeners how I'm, to get I'm in touch telling with them you. them find me. So for those people who don't want to talk to me, who like my co Because we know that
2: is an extensive yeah, body of people. That's a lot of
0: people, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who don't want to talk to me, wanna <laughs> talk to you. They can go straight well, they to you. I wanna
2: talk to you, Frank. They just, you know.
0: Are you gonna tell me about those people who don't like me but want to talk to you? Oh my I'm,
2: like, I'm gonna i I'm gonna share the post.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Right.
0: Today's guest is proudly led by her husband, who mm. brings a Martinique heritage. Our guest herself brings a New Orleans heritage. Both she and her husby, husband husband have slave roots, and have turned those roots into their own personal royalty. Now, this husband and wife team happily share wisdom of generational greatness with others as a family. Both come from several generations of successful marriages on both of their mother's and father's side. Their teachings offer the wisdom of the best husband practices of Africa, India, and Asia, And their goal is to create a wave of highly successful marriages to foster generational greatness. Mm -hmm. So if you like me want to know why good men leave, how women hurt men, and why Western men are tired of Western women, then stay tuned as your Frank Relationship team talks with the author of Man Leads. Woman follows, everyone wins. Mrs. Ro Ellery, Grajnoir, otherwise known as Ro Ellery Cutno. That's the that's the name that the, the book name. is written under. Yes. So before we get to well, welcome to the show.
2: Yes, Ro. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you.
0: We we, we are already well deep <laughs> into right, <two>. right. <laughs> Uh, before we get any further into uh, the, today's interview, uh, we're going to check and see what's going on in the news. Uh, Ro, please don't be bashful. We certainly want you to weigh in if you have something to say uh, on whatever happens to come to the floor. All right. Uh, all right. I've seen too many women lose themselves in their role of wife and homemaker. Which often seems synonymous with caregiver. So, a woman decided. I was reading an article where a woman decided she was not going to get married because she didn't want to be a caretaker. She 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 didn't want to be a wife because she didn't want to be a caretaker.
2: She didn't want to be reduced to a caretaker. Yeah. This yeah. is totally. Mm-hmm. This Consistent is totally your zone row. Yeah. Totally your
1: zone.
2: <laughs> what do you say?
1: Um. What what happened to this woman? Uh, is this an, an actual story?
0: This was yes. This was an article I read, where she basically had said she wasn't going to get married because she didn't want to be a, based a, on what she saw. Yeah, yeah. She didn't want to be reduced to a caretaker. She didn't want to be taking care of anybody.
3: Hmm.
1: So what does she want to do as, as far as relationships is concerned?
0: I think she just wants
2: to be. She wants to be a, a girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The interesting thing, you know, I think this is fascinating. And even myself, I have uncovered so many layers of feminist misunderstandings. And that's what I like to call them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Feminist misunderstandings. It's a huge feminist misunderstanding that a girlfriend will be treated well, loved well, protected well, cared for, honored, taken to home to meet the parents, Mm -hmm. um, and respected as long as the man has all of those great qualities. It's not true. Men save their best treatment for their wife. They have been thinking it consciously or subconsciously since they were children. Even if no one has told a man as a child that he needs to save his best treatment for his wife, his instinct has told him that he needs to save his best treatment for his wife. So girlfriends are practice. Girlfriends are what men consider someone to have fun with, but not someone to be responsible for, and not someone to have to be there for and to give all of your might to make sure that the relationship works well. Contrary to popular belief and contrary to the divorce rate, men do not file for divorce by far Mm. because men are trying everything they can to make a marriage work, not a relationship with a girlfriend. So this lady who thinks that things are going to work out for her and that she's not going to be disappointed and that she's not going to be used for sex and that she's not going to be ignored after sex is sorely mistaken. Mistaken. She doesn't want to be a caretaker, that's fine, but if she tries to be in a relationship with a man and not be married, she will have a lifetime of pain, and she won't know why. But again, it's a femin- feminist misunderstanding.
2: Well,
0: here's another uh, article. Um, 11 dating challenges to try if you're so over being single. And I, I've extracted three three points, three challenges okay that were provided one was approach someone once a month so that's for a woman approach well maybe it isn't for a woman maybe it isn't for a woman i mean it maybe was maybe it's for either maybe one maybe it's for either yeah 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 approach but, someone once a month so you got something on that Nancy well one? i'm
2: thinking given rose philosophy it sounds to me like approaching a different guy every month would be a capital no no for a woman
0: well, well, here she is. What do you say?
1: I say that you shouldn't approach a man ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that if you pro- approach a man, you have agreed mm-hmm. um, non-verbally to take care of him, to pay for things, and um, to be used.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. Okay is another challenge. Ask your most truthful friend if they think you should do anything differently.
3: <laughs> what does
2: that mean?
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a way of... Maybe
2: the friend knows something about you but isn't saying yeah, anything yeah. that could help you in your... Love life. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But I don't know any women who are... Truthful? Um, <laughs> single, regular American women who are giving good... Most dating advice involves um, how to manipulate a man, how to try to trick a man, how to try to sex a man into wanting you, you know, stuff like that. So I don't really know women who can be somebody's closest friend who who, I don't think that's going to be a possibility.
0: Wow. All
3: right. And, And then
0: the last one I have was let a friend control your online dating activity for one week.
2: Do you know I know a girl who did that uh-huh she control she didn't control the online dating activity of her friend. She essentially coached her friend in just about every uh in the in the subtle nuances and major moves of a new relationship she was in mm-hmm. and oddly enough, it was working mm. and it wasn't until
1: but well, working how?
2: Well, it was working in that, the the as far as I could tell, or, you know, the way the story went, let's put it that way, the guy was developing a genuine affinity for the woman and wanted to take the relationship into the committed zone.
0: Until he found out it wasn't her. No,
2: no, no. Well, you could say <laughs> that because then it, what had happened, of course, was the friend decided, okay, it's going so well, I'll take it from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the bottom fell out <laughs> <laughs> yeah she told you don't, you don't sleep with him. You, you're gonna do this you're not gonna do that you're gonna say this you're not gonna say that she coached her all the way through to the guy w- having conversations with her about getting married mm-hmm. and she said okay I got it from here and she's and so the friend who was managing the relationship she said no you don't and she says I'm telling you you're ready to mess it up no 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 I got it He's in, he's totally into me blah 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 killed it
1: <laughs> there's a very there to me, and based on the advice that I give to women, um, there to that I give to them to become married instead of to be used or dated. Right, right. There is a specific way to date online.
2: Mm. Okay, we're you listening. Know, you
1: should date online up front. You should tell the men online that you want to be married.
2: Yeah. And do you know what? Hmm. I have, this is not the first time I have heard this or read this, where a woman, I actually heard a guy online say that the woman he's married to right now, he went on a date with her, and I think it was maybe their second date, and they were just talking back and forth, and she said something to the effect of, you know, I I wanna be with someone who's serious. I wanna get married. And he said when he heard that, he was like, whoa. And instantly, he said in his mind, he began to run through whether or not he felt he could provide what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And he right. said, and the next thing you know, he said he got serious about her because it was like, okay, this is what she wants. Can I do that? Mm. Can because I give her that? men
1: need to work for everything they value.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. Frank. <laughs> He's stuttering. I love it. It depends on it. what.
0: Uh, it depends on what the work is. Um and I don't it, it's to we work, uh even in even when a woman you are dating a woman as a quote you're dating as What's a girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, oh, you're okay. just dating. Yeah. Um if she, I mean, there there are things to work at even then. Yeah. And right. When you all, or you as the man, or you as the woman, want to graduate the relationship into one of a marriage, that takes work too. I mean, it's not to say that the that it has to just be a carrot of marriage out in front of a man in order to get him to work.
2: That doesn't. He may not want to get married, so he may, that may not be a motivator. But he may not, but he yeah, may and want to. Yeah,
1: most men are not getting married for fun. Men don't get married for fun. Men don't get married because they feel loved. Men don't get married because the woman is attractive. Men get married because they seek generational success with that woman, and they think that it would be possible. They get married because they think that they can provide for her well, whether it be her happiness, her bills, her needs, you know, her health, those things. But men want to feel like they can be a man mm-hmm. and flourish as a man in a marriage. And, and a lot of women pull out a romantic card, thinking that that's going to convince a man to get married because he feels romantic or something like that. But that's not how men think.
0: Oh, I I agree with that. Mm, <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I I agree. I think about w- how my wife and I got married, and e my the only reason I did not want to get married was because I didn't want the state in my relationship.
2: Okay. That was the uh-huh.
0: that was my only concern.
2: Okay. About
0: marrying mm-hmm. my wife. Now, the once we. Did what we could uh, to to address that. Yeah, I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, okay. right, I, right.
1: I felt In like... In our movement, we have we have something called marriage negotiations. Mm-hmm. It's not a prenup, but it is a signed document. It could very well be sent um, through a notary to be a legalized document. And really, it's the terms that the wife wants, the terms that the husband wants, and even. Um, You know, terms like who sleeps where when they're angry, how do you resolve issues, what happens if there's a divorce, and that's a very huge important one. Absolutely. Um, But marriage negotiations can take two months, Mm -hmm. and we literally have women study very hard. We have something we call white school. And women study very hard to become a certified wife. They have to pass a test that is um, not a multiple choice test, and there are several questions on it. We need charts and proposed schedules and so many other things. And when women finally pass that, they're able to go into marriage negotiations with a man um, as a qualified and certified wife. And those marriage negotiations are supposed to reflect all of the the things that she knows she's supposed to be doing. Um, But in the Western society, women think that marriage and a a wife's duty is three or four things. Cooking, cleaning, having sex, taking care of the children. Right. And that's wrong. (laughs) Because wife duties are literally over a hundred things. Hmm.
0: Okay, give us, some, give us a few outside of those four that you just mentioned.
1: It is a wife's duty to make sure that her husband reaches his highest potential.
3: Hmm. It is
1: a wife's duty to make sure that her family eats healthily and has optimal health for living a long time. It's a wife's duty to make sure that her family has high self-esteem. It's a wife's duty to make sure that when they're in public, the family is represented well through their neat and clean appearance. And it's also a wife's duty to make sure that her husband feels safe to let down his guard around her. And there are so many of them, but we learn that the, most of the world knows that there are so many wife's duties. That's why we look at wifehood differently. And that's why American women are the worst wives on earth.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> Woo!
0: You're listening to Frank Relationships, and we're talking with the author of Man Leads, Woman Follows, Everyone Wins, Ms. Ro Ellery Graginois, also known as Ro Ellery Cutno, as the author of the book. Uh, Ro, would you please tell us what you're up to and how we can find you?
1: Um, I'm not up to much. I am not for working. <laughs> <laughs> I am a housewife, mm-hmm. and I, I like to keep it that way. My main focus is my family. My family gets almost all of my time. My husband gets 40 hours a week of my time. I give a few hours a week to um, nurturing people through our movement on Facebook at Ro Elori Cutno, um page. I give, um, we give three days a year, my husband and I, my husband is Laurent Congenois, and he and I are going to New Orleans um, October 5th through 8th. We go once every year or once every year and a half to America with, um, I don't know if Everyone knows, but we live in France okay. and we year round sell courses and teach people on becoming certified husbands and certified wives, and then from there we invite people to build generational wealth with us as a group. Hmm. And we do all of that from our website, Roots of Royals with an S dot com.
0: How'd you get here? What, what's the, where did the research start? Why did it start? Any, any place you want to jump in.
1: <laughs> what's your history? Um, I, my parents are certifiable geniuses. Both of them are. My dad is probably the smartest human being I have ever met in all of the world that I have been to. My mother is the most nurturing, sweetest, most feminine woman I have ever met in all of the world that I have been to. Um, I think it's because we're from New Orleans, because I'm now starting to see that black America has a different feel than um, from New Orleans, and I think it's because we had English slavery and French slavery, so mm-hmm. those were two different rules and sets of laws and behaviors, but mm-hmm. so our families were able to flourish in New Orleans. And we were able to keep our families together, and marriage was um, a legal, legally bound thing, even in, within slavery. And so that's where I come from. My parents are very proud black people. We're very proud to be um, a family. My mother stayed home with us all the time. To us, home was our mother. You're not, we don't even feel like we're at home unless mom, our mama was home. And um, there's so much wisdom and nurturing and care within those hours of your mother and your father being always available. This is where I come from. And coupled with the um, idea, with the fact that I haven't watched media or been involved in that in so many years, plus the fact that I have been international um, for more than half of my life, is where I come from.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: The 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 no television piece is something that's really a takeaway for me. It's something I really want to consider because it's it television is is in your house. It's it's in your kids' heads. It's in your head. It's it is a. It's almost like a full time job where you're opening yeah. yourself up to being to entertained me. for someone telling you a story when you could be doing something else.
2: Well, not only that, you're being told how to live. Yeah. Like many, Yeah, you're many being
1: told how to live. It's, yeah. it's really fascinating because if you go off of mainstream media, the message is different. It's not the same as the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But when you look into TV, there is a quiet, calm, almost sleep-like state That we go into when we watch American TV, which is fascinating to me because when I watch TV in Europe, I don't go and I don't see have this experience or even have seen other people who go into a sleep like state. Their TV is not designed the same way our TV is designed, their films definitely are not as good as ours.
2: (laughs) Oh my goodness,
1: you know, and so we zone in. We close our minds and we zone in. And it's fascinating to me because when I stopped watching TV the first couple of years, my self-esteem shot up. I come from a very good family. There's no reason I should have had any self-doubt at all. Right. But I noticed that after turning off the TV for a couple of years, my self-confidence shot up. And I, had didn't even, I wasn't even aware that I was even dealing with any self doubt um, I also noticed that my lack of fear um, expanded. I ha- I don't have fear associated with living.
2: You mean and your la-
1: also? I'm I'm sorry. You mean
2: your sense of fear dissolved? You said it expanded. Yeah, okay. My
1: lack of fear. My oh, your lack of, lack of fear. fear. Okay.
2: I'm sorry. I missed that. Okay.
1: And I don't have fear associated with li- with living. I'm a cautious person
2: by sure, nature, Sure.
1: but I'm not fearful um, for things that are not necessary to be fearful of. I trust people. I realize that most humans want to do good, and I'm pretty sure that that's because of me not watching TV. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
4: Television is a means of which to be informed, and if you're not informed, then television can be hypnotic, as you said. You cannot mm-hmm. create a movement from inside a bubble. I'm You're very Pollyanna-ish, and I'm curious if any feminists over the past few years have found fault with your philosophy. I think of names, you're talking about relationships with a husband mm-hmm. and a family. What about Oprah? Mother Teresa, Beyonce, Hillary Clinton, they wouldn't exist if they were part of your movement.
1: Um, I think I don't put um, Oprah or Mother Teresa or Beyonce or Hillary Clinton in the category of women who are for the growth of everybody else's family
4: well, then you're going to find a lot of resistance to your movement because they are decision-makers and culture-makers and leaders.
1: You know what I have found? I have found that although those are four people, there are several million people who have dissatisfied lives Mm. on a daily basis associated Mm. with the dysfunction of their families. And so people have started to wake up from what they've been told and they're starting to be more honest about how they feel versus what they've been told they should be feeling so i'm actually getting a lot of support in the beginning of this movement we have we've got a lot of opposition but now it's turning so interesting to see how people are like you know what oprah's not married you know what Edmund doesn't look very happy.
2: <laughs> and nobody wants Hillary Clinton's marriage.
1: Exactly. Mm. Nobody wants Hillary Clinton's marriage. Mm. And the other thing people are saying is you know what? Beyonce's married.
4: <laughs> mm. Wow. And she's probably a very good wife.
1: And I think she is a very good wife, honestly. I think she has a submissive nature. Hmm.
4: Have feminists found fault with the fact that that your reality is not dealing with life from a real perspective? I, and again, you know, me, media might not be the best way to describe the fact that you might be detached from reality. But that, in my opinion, look, when I heard about this, I thought, that's wonderful. I'm a guy. I love that. And in fact, my family is very happy with many of the values you've talked about in the past half hour. But my family isn't every family. And I don't know how these... Yeah, but you know
1: what? Almost every family is full of individuals who are feeling unloved and unappreciated. I can guarantee you that nearly 100% of men and women in America are feeling unloved and unappreciated. And in the 80s and in the 90s, And even just before the 2000s, people were still trying so hard to make the ideals of feminism work in their favor. They just couldn't understand why they were feeling so unsatisfied, rejected, unloved when they were doing everything that they were supposed to do. But now is a new thing happening. Now people are deciding that those things have not served their mothers well their grandmothers well, and that they don't want to repeat it. There is actually a boom of people, men and women, who have decided that contrary to what they've been told, they don't feel that way. It doesn't connect. And, you know, you can go to any group of people in America, and more than half of them in that room would agree that something is
2: very wrong between men and women so Ro I know when I engaged your work read your book looked at look you know looked at some of your videos slowly over time I came to at least consider that you weren't necessarily saying that women shouldn't be self-actualized in the marketplace that mm-hmm. a woman being successful even in on extraordinary levels did not Mm -hmm. in any way impair her capacity to be feminine and to nurture from a feminine place and so she could be paying the cost to be the boss in the marketplace she could be Mm -hmm. a major decision maker and yet when she's home she is her husband's wife she is her children's mother And she does not confuse the two. And she's
0: feminine, right? And she's
2: feminine.
1: It's a big misunderstanding that I believe that women need to be less than a man. But also, I come from a multilingual background. I speak five languages. I'm very clear that it takes 21 hours a week to learn to speak Chinese. Okay. It takes more hours a week to learn to speak English, for example. And 17 hours a week to learn to speak French for example. If you have a marriage that you want to work out well, there has to be a certain amount of hours put in. This idea that we have said to women for so many decades that they can have it all Mm. when there's only 24 hours a day is false. And now women are starting to understand that the math has never added up. It's false. You cannot have a successful marriage that where your husband adores you, all women feel love through being adored. You can't have it where your husband adores you, where your husband feels respected. You can't have your children flourishing. You cannot have your family eating well. Your, your house um, will be in shambles. And you cannot be working 40 hours a week. And all of those things equals more like 50 hours a day, not 24 you know, we all have to sleep for eight hours a day. But what we do stress is that there are extremely creative ways that women can have money. Forget job. <laughs> women can have money. Women women can earn passive income and still keep their family as a focus. And that's one of the main things that we do in our m- movement. We Make sure that the other women who are teaching other women about their femininity and the importance of their family are rewarded financially through payment of their service. And we are literally able to stop working, focus on our families, focus on our femininity, calm down, Hmm. polish ourselves, and care more because we have less stress.
0: And give, me, give me two of those strategies for a woman to have passive income while being able to
1: remain well, open. The, the first one is mentorship. Mm-hmm. So with any type of successful culture, you have elders teaching people who are coming up, and we do that structure in our movement. We have mentorship. So when women are just coming in and they need advice on a daily basis, they can hire a mentor through our movement of somebody who has already succeeded, become a certified wife, who is um, flourishing well in that um, space, and that creates passive income for the woman who has earned it. And then the lady who eventually comes along and has the, the same success, she can also earn passive income as a mentor. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Okay so that and we call
1: it passive income because it's you know about 10 hours a week of time instead of 40 50 60 70 which some women work these days mm-hmm. and that 10 hours a week means that you can be passionate with that you can have time to with for your with your friends you can have time to uh, for yourself to polish your femininity to just be alone you can have time to nurture your children and when your husband is with you, you can have time to nurture your relationship instead of trying to get him to cook and clean and other things that could have already been done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really a sad thing because men go to work all day. Men love to work. Men feel proud to work. Men work not just for money like women do. Um, Most women work so that they can get money so that they can afford things. Most men work for those reasons also, but men have a different type of masculine pride associated with working and when a man comes home after that and he's able to relax and everything is in order he can give his time to his wife and to his children not to scrubbing toilets which need to be scrubbed but if there is a balance created like there is in most of the world, then the family will have enough time with each other. Mm. You can't have a beautiful garden if you don't nurture it well.
3: Right.
0: How do how do women hurt men?
1: Well, um, nowadays women hurt men mostly um, unknowingly. We don't know that men can be emasculated to the point of. Um, Depression, we don't know that emasculating a man can cause his testosterone and his virility to suffer. We we hurt men mostly through our verbal um, attacks. Sometimes they don't even sound like attacks. A lot of women use sweet, sweet voices to emasculate men. (laughs) Mm. But we hurt men by not understanding that they have feelings. You know, one of the saddest things that has happened through feminism is that women start to believe that men don't have feelings, that men just want to use women, and that they need to hurry up and use men before they get used. But the truth is that men, most men on earth are actually good, and those good men are seeking A woman to eventually make happy and if a man is seeking to make you happy why not contribute to his ability to do so
0: (laughs) I like that Uh, I thought you would (laughs) you you said uh, in your book I believe it's in your book but you talk about um, a man should at least one day a week dress his wife
3: Or undress is
0: wife. Is it dress or undress? undress Uh, Well, whatever it it is, please. You tell tell, us. Oh
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is, though, women need um, cues differently to feel love than men do. Men feel love from being respected, and that is a huge thing that almost all women on the western part of the earth need to learn. That you can't try to love a man like a woman. You can't try to give him flowers. You can't try to adore him, um, give him compliments and stuff like that. Those are things that women need to feel loved. And so in the book, we give a very clear guideline to men and to women. But this particular part you're talking about is for men. And the reason that the man um, can undress a woman and cause her to feel loved is because he doesn't have to pursue her sexually after that. He doesn't have to um, pursue her sexually after washing her back. She needs to know through different cues that her husband cares and loves for and loves her, and that she needs him. No woman on earth can effectively wash her own back. I get in, in elevators with women all the time, and after the door closes they ask me if I can help them zip up their dress. I do that to other women sometimes. If I don't have somebody at home who can help me zip up my dress, if my husband's at work. So we know subconsciously that we need men, but men need to use these different cues in order to make women remember that they need men because society is telling us all day long that we don't need men.
0: And and how often should a man or I forget how you which which direction you point, but how often should a woman have sex with her husband or a husband have sex with his wife you know you you i forget which the one nuance. you which side you put the uh the initiation on, but please weigh in there
1: okay well, the first thing is marriages need intimacy mm-hmm. And the other thing is women need to be able to enjoy sex. If a woman is not able to enjoy sex, she should not be trying to get married. She should not be trying to have sex with her husband. If something happens to her and she stops being able to enjoy sex, she should seek help. She should not try to force herself to have sex unless she enjoys sex. Mm -hmm. However, There are ways that a woman who does not need professional help can increase her ability to enjoy sex with her husband. One of the main ways to enjoy sex with your husband is to have a husband. Because so many women say, you know what, I just didn't feel like doing all that stuff with him because he didn't think I was good enough to be his wife.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm. So
1: women are actually having sex with men but putting limitations on what kind of sex they will have because they're angry that he won't choose them as a wife. I mean, this gets so deep, but the truth is that is self-abuse
3: mm. to be having
1: sex with a man, Who forcing man? yourself yeah. to have sex with a man that you don't want to have sex with. Hmm. I'm really fascinated by the fact that feminists have not figured out that having sex with a bunch of men is not freedom, it's self-abuse, especially when the men don't call them back and they're hurt for three months.
0: You wow. got a few nevers that you that you note in the book, and I want to run down a few of them. Or maybe I maybe I have all of them here um, before we before we wrap. So, do do you wanna you wanna tell us what they are, or you want me to go down the list?
1: You can go down the list. Are these the um, fourteen rules of respect?
0: I haven't counted them, but uh, I have probably a, yeah. The, Starts with do, do
2: not dominate your man.
0: Don't boss Mm -hmm. your man around. Never belittle Mm -hmm. your man. Never compare your man. Don't undermine him. Do not baby your man in public behind closed doors only. Don't disrespect him. Never talk down to him. Never ignore him. Never downplay your need for him. Never cause him to feel embarrassed. Never laugh at his mistakes or faults. Never put anyone before him. Never be too busy for him. Never be inconsiderate of his feelings. Never tell his personal business.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. that I, is... w-
1: I want to be very clear mm-hmm. that if you have been a person who is fortunate enough to have spent enough time in a group of Japanese women, hmm. African women, um, Latin American women, you will notice that everything on that list is done with ease mm-hmm. and you will also notice that those women are the most cherished
0: mm-hmm. well all right one more question <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you suggest that women deal with if polygamy and it that's a that's oh, a yeah. real component in many cultures throughout the world right and so Uh, How does that work? How does that work in, in your paradigm?
1: Well, the truth is polygamy is used in places that are full of need. So if there's war, if there's not enough water, if there's not enough food, if there's a lot of danger and very few men and lots of women. Okay. But in the Western part of the world, we don't have those types of, extreme needs, probably unless we're talking about Haiti or something like that, right? Okay. Um, I thoroughly disagree with polygamy. Every woman needs her own protector. Who is a husband going to choose if there's a fire and he needs his wife to, to be um, brought out of a window on the second floor? Who's he going to choose first? He's the protector. That kind of thing is only in very extreme cases where women need to have to share one husband because they don't have choices, because there's extreme danger. Well, what's your argument? Women feel loved from being adored, protected, and provided. So they can't share their protection. They can't share their provision. It's too hurtful unless it's a drastic emergency-type need.
0: Well with your fire analogy, how do you you could say the same thing about children, if a man has more than one child. I mean, he's got to save somebody he's supposed
1: first. He's to choose
0: his wife first. Well, we're talking about just the children. Yeah, who's he going to <laughs> choose, who who's he going to who's he going to Cuz uh, he can have more should children. Should he only have one child because he has to he he can't save more than one child at, at, at as the first child. Um, you know, he's got to only he can only save one at a time. That doesn't.
1: Well, here, if if there's like a war somewhere, or some um, arrows being shot, or some animals attacking, scientifically, men are going to have the instinct to jump in front and to protect his wife in front of those dangers, and she is going to have the instinct to have be the second level of protection over the children. It's her. It's her who does that. He's not there to choose them. He's there to choose her.
2: So you're saying that in these uh, open formats, these open platform, open relationships, these are just uh, extensions of the games people play in relationship. They're not. They I don't, totally agree. They don't and nurture legacy or family.
1: I'm sorry?
2: They don't nurture legacy and they don't nurture this exactly. concept of family. And okay.
1: a lot of these men who are for polygamous relationships are seeking the women to be four and five people bringing in income. That's the opposite of what we are referring to. The man mm-hmm. is supposed to be the provider. If a man cannot provide, he has absolutely no right to bring up polygamy, and he can't even provide for one woman. And he still cannot provide emotional security for more than one woman. I actually interviewed polygamous families before I realized that I could not include them in my book because the children of those families told me that their mothers were discarded, ignored, and they had to take turns, and that affected them as children. They did not have their father all the time. They were like their mother was a single mother most of the time, because a man cannot focus on more than one woman at a time. Even a man who has a mistress has to focus on his mistress and then later focus on his wife. He can't focus on his mistress and be con- talking, contacting, and thinking of his wife at the same time. It's not how men think. Hmm. So even men in polygamous relationships have to focus on one wife at a time, which means the other two are always put in a mental background.
4: Wow! You got
0: a good book or a good movie for us? And and we're not talking about your book. <laughs> we already know your book is good. So.
1: <laughs> But you know I don't watch anything ah, so that's I don't have right. anything to recommend. <laughs> okay. Well what
2: about books? Do you do you read anything in particular? You attracted that to That's a
1: very good question. Uh-huh. Um but I don't know. I I discuss this often with my husband because you need to literally um be watching TV in order to know about most books, like how Oprah used to just um, oh, yeah. introduce books. Right. You literally need to. I don't know about new books that come out. If I, The books that I have, I pretty much recycle the ones that I um, have read before I stopped watching TV because new books don't come to me.
2: Do you have a favorite?
1: Um, my favorite is actually The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Imagine um, that.
1: But I find it fascinating that the author does not know that those are gender-based, that they should be gender-based. Mm.
3: We oh, interviewed him. Oh,
2: okay.
0: We've interviewed him on the show. If you want to listen to it, this is to our listeners. Oh, and, of cool. course, to you, Ro, <laughs> You know, Check it out. Do, do a search on the website, and you'll find our interview with Dr. Gary Chapman.
3: Yeah. Oh, cool, cool, cool.
0: Along today's journey, we've discussed wifely duties, no television, and how women hurt men. Mm. Thank you to my co-host, Nancy. Thanks to Jeff Newman, my engineer, and thank you to my guest, Mrs. Ro Ellery Grand also known as Ro Ellery Cutno, as the author of her book. I hope you've had as much fun as I've had hanging out with today's ensemble. As always, it's my wish for you to walk away from this conversation with a heaping helping of useful information that'll help you create a relationship that's as loving and accepting as possible. Let us know what you thought of today's show at Facebook forward slash Relationship F Love on Twitter at Mr. that's M-R Frank Love or at franklove.com If you're listening via Blog Talk Radio make sure you like us there and if via iTunes, please subscribe so that you can receive each week's show. This is Frank Love.